Tapes and Scouts, a podcast where two friends review every single movie they watch. You good? I am so good. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. I got the good movie this time. You got a good movie? I broke out of Sam's Christmas clutches for a brief period of time and made her watch a movie I like. Really? Yeah. Do you start with that movie? Uh, How's your ending? My ending is good. Oh, mine's also pretty good. Ooh, Sam, who should go first? Me. All right. First. Well, then we're going to go to the world of a weird horror movie. I love a weird horror movie. 2021's Night Teeth. Night Teeth? <laughs> Night Teeth, baby. Holy shit. This one is a Netflix one. Night Teeth? Night Teeth. There's Night Books that I watched. That was also Netflix. Now they got Night Teeth. They also have Night Teeth. It's like, can we put night and then every noun ever? <laughs> I hope so. I hope that's... <laughs> Do you want to see some night movies? Yeah. Netflix's night movies. I'm just waiting on night moves. Uh... Watch this on the 18th of February, 2022. It's an hour 47 action crime drama directed by Adam Randall, mm. starring Jorge Ledenborg Jr. Of course. Uh, he was in Bumblebee. Hmm. Debbie Ryan and Lucy Fry. Hmm. Debbie Ryan, I believe, was the one. She was Jesse on that Nickelodeon show. My wife loved this kid's show, Jesse. Okay. I think it was a Hey Jesse. I don't know. Because my daughter would watch it. And then, like, it would be left on, and then huh. like, my wife watched the whole series kind of thing. Wow. Well, she's now not wholesome. She's a vampire. So she's like, oh, I need to see this movie with a vampire. I forgot she wanted to see it. I watched it without her. Sorry, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go to bed so early. Stay night teeth. Night, night teeth. <laughs> you go to bed too early, you miss the night teeth. That's what happens at night. IMDb movie summary. A college student moonlighting as a chauffeur picks up two mysterious women for a night of party hopping across L.A. But when he uncovers their bloodthirsty intentions and their dangerous shadowy underworld bum, bum, bum. he must fight to stay alive vampire turf war is this movie that's cool yep this movie is so strange it's such a good idea but it's such a weird movie okay i want to love this movie but i know i can't okay it's one of those fair enough there's basically a treaty that's created between humans and vampires. Vampires are not well known in, to have exist. There's a treaty in place between this family, which this kid who's the chauffeur is part of. He doesn't even know. Hmm. He has no clue. His older brother is like the one who's keeping up with this okay. treaty. The vampires decide, fuck this noise. We're taking over. Hmm. But there's all these different vampire lords that have different places downtown in L.A. Hmm. They have to hit them all in one night or they'll never be able to defeat everybody. Interesting. So sounds cool. It is a cool. I love that. it's not that good. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> I love that. Like you have to go through yep. and like defeat this X number of things or right. do, accomplish this very specific number of tasks. So they send the two women who are just like, oh, we're just party hopping high on drugs, blah, blah, blah. Go to all the places kind of thing because it's the best cover. Like, oh, you know, because they're not even supposed to go down this far in right. other areas. Your main vampire is uh, Theon Greyjoy. Oh, they're on. Yep, Alfie Allen. Mm. He's pretty good, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and Megan Fox makes a cameo appearance, which I was like, is that fucking Megan Fox? Yikes. Sure enough was. I'll do anything for a dollar. Hey. Me too. Uh, two vampires must <laughs> attack all the heads of these families, or they just cannot complete their tasks. So, like, there's failure is not an option. I loved moments and hated others. Overall, I think it's worth watching, but it's like, mm, 
I think the the driver character, the young kid, because he's like a college kid, right? And his brother actually is the regular chauffeur, and it's literally just like usually it's just like elitist people who are just like I'm gonna go clubbing and get drunk and puke right. in your car and go home, right? But he is doing treaty is broken shit, mm. and he's like, ah, fuck, I was supposed to do this. He goes, I'll take him. He's like, come on, man. He's like, no, I'll take him. So he doesn't. He's not even a good chauffeur, right? And it's like awkward boy, and like they're hot, and yeah. it's like they're hot and slutty and driving around, and right. You know, it's it's a weird movie. Interesting. Um, the visuals are cool. It's an okay vampire movie. The plot is probably better than the execution. It's not awful. I feel like some people are going to really love it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to love it. That's fair. There is parts I loved, and there's other parts I was bored to mm. tears. So I, I don't know. I think for somebody, they would love it. Fair enough. It is called Night Teeth. Night Teeth. <laughs> so IMDb, 5.7. Mm-hmm. Ron Tomato Critics, 38%. 45 of them. Ooh. The audience, 250 plus. 47%. Yikes. It seems like it's kind of down the middle, right? Yeah. I gave it a six. I think it does way more good than it is getting credit for here. That's fair. For sure. I like that. Yeah. So if you like vampires enough, or you just want to see how silly this is, check night it teeth. out. Night teeth. Waiting on the night teeth. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you working night moves in there. Always. <laughs> 1979. Mm-hmm. Phantasm. Oh. Oh, yeah. shit. Yep. Watch oh. this on November 30th, 2021. One hour and 29 minutes. Nearly perfect. Nearly. Horror movie. Horror. Directed by one of my favorites, Don Coscarelli. Mm-hmm. Starring a Michael Baldwin, Reggie Bannister, and Angus Scrim. Good old Angus. Good old Angus. Rest in peace, Angus. Mm-hmm. Your movie summary here. A teenage boy, his brother, and their friend face off against a mysterious grave robber known only as the Tall Man, who employs a lethal arsenal of unearthly weapons. Dun, dun, dun. Sounds way different than the movie actually is. <laughs> Like he does, he does have some different things that he uses, and he is perhaps a grave robber. Mayhaps, yeah. So I love this movie. Mm-hmm. If you know me, you know I love this movie. Mm-hmm. I know you. Yep. Um, <laughs> I think this. The thing I like about this movie is I think it is one of the best horror movies in terms of encapsulating what it feels like to be in a night in a nightmare. Right. Like this movie employs a lot of you don't know if Michael's awake or he's asleep or what's real or what's not real. If it's like things are rewinding, like are they like trapped in time? Is this just him going to bed different nights and having different nightmares about the same connected thing, which would be the death of his older brother? Really interesting. Like the fact that they tie the death in and is this just like a coping mechanism for him? Is this all happening, but he's just making up extra shit to go with it to try to like kind of make this you know, a way to kind of actually get over or kind of deal with the death of his brother. Sure. So a lot of this is left ambiguous and it feels so nightmarish. There's very little logic and it employs a lot of, you know, what we call dream logic, which is just a fancy way of saying the shit don't make a lot of sense. <laughs> but Coscarelli uses this so much to his advantage in this movie to make it scarier. It feels like anything can happen and you just kind of have to roll with it. Because it's just like, what the fuck's going to happen next? Like, I don't actually know. All the way up to the end, we were just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, that's how the movie ends. You're just like, oh, shit. Like, that's how that movie ends, huh? It's so good. It's so interestingly unique. Angus Scrim is very imposing as the tall man, just a guy in a suit right. who has maybe like a combined like tw- 
30 words of dialogue through the entire movie. Right, right, right. It's just, he's creepy. Coscarelli does a great job of, like, actually kind of taking a look behind the veil of death. Like, what is death to us in, like, an Americanized sense? Like, you have mausoleums in this, and you have, you know I mean? He's a funeral keeper, and, like, you kind of see the processes that death you know, that we use for death, embalming, and, you know what I mean, preservation, and burial, and, like, all these rituals and things we do, it all, it, to me, is very weird and creepy. Right. You know, like, even to the point, we were talking about this recently, where, like, you, funeral homes, right? Like, to me, the weird part is not necessarily the funeral, it's the home. Right. Like, you're literally, it feels like you walk into somebody's house. Right. It's just like, oh, by the way, your dead loved one is here on a table if you want to go take a look at him and say hi. It's like, this is so weird. Like, their house is decorated and all these pictures and shit from somebody else's house. Like, it is a little strange. It's like, do they live here or is this a business? Who lives upstairs and why is it, why are all these funeral homes always gigantic? They are way bigger. Yeah, they're they? always big houses. Like, it's very creepy. Like, it's an odd concept and I think that... Coscarelli does a nice job of kind of like hanging a lantern on a lot of the strangeness that we have come to a modernized version of how we as a culture handle death. And I think he uses a lot of that to his advantage. And he gets to do, admittedly from him, a bunch of cool shit that he wanted to do, <laughs> like pipe ramping a car, exploding a car, nice. you know, shooting shotguns out of a car, like a bunch of cool shit. And this movie's got it all. Nice. I, like, I don't know what the fuck he was on when he came up with this movie, but it's like the spheres, the dwarves, like everything is so bizarre in this movie. And that's what makes it to me so scary is it's like what other movie is going to have like cloaked dwarves running around in it like that's the draw like that's not really normally very scary right the mesa of lost women exactly <laughs> and like we laugh at we do chuckle about dwarves being frightening but coscarelli kind of manages to make it work right so it's really interesting and the spheres is such a bizarre thing to be afraid of and it's just like wait and this came from a dream that he had like it was just like this that's these, terrifying these scary spheres flew around and like it's just like in the movie it works so well mm-hmm. when it drills that dude head and just like spews all of his like gray matter out of his cranium and he just falls over it's just like oh damn like that's legit like i wasn't scared of that ball until this happened like it seemed menacing but now it's like really scary like and what an odd thing like this tall dude has some metal balls that fly around it's like yeah. doesn't sound scary but when you watch it in the movie you're like oh fuck that's legit like and that'd be hard to deal with they're tiny little targets they yeah. move super quick so it's like that actually like the same thing like the same way like a swarm of insects is scary right these balls are scary in that way so it's really a cool concept and then you start to get into the really weird stuff that i haven't even begun to touch on yet <laughs> like the poles in the white room and it's like is this another planet is this just another plane of existence is this inter like interplanar like he has like this weird middle mid-ground area does he travel time does he travel different dimensions what precisely is all of this it begs the the great trailer question of what is phantasm <laughs> it's just like i don't fucking know and that's what makes it so awesomely frightening right so i do dig this movie quite a bit imdb gives it 6.7 out of 10 okay Rotten Tomatoes critics, 46 critics went back and reviewed this to 74%. Oh, that's good. Yeah, the audience, 10,000 plus, plus 67%. Okay. And I'm coming in, obviously, much higher than everybody else's. Because you're one right. of my favorite horror films, and I give it a 9 nice. out of 10. 
I can see that. Phantasm. Phantasm. It also has, in Phantasm 2, one of the best sequels to a horror movie. I fucking love Phantasm 2. Yeah. I love all the Phantasms, even 5, which is admittedly a bit of a mess, but I still love it. Nice. Love the characters, love the world. You're full of love. Don't fucking know what it's about, and he will never, Coscarly has never said what the movie's about. That's He's great. never said what it is, and like he needs to have a contest, and I need to win it. Just to hear from him. Like, I'll sign any number of NDAs that I will never tell another living soul what Phantasm is. I just want to fucking know. What if he whispers in your ear, it's all bullshit? I'd be totally fine with it. Just like, then tell me about what the hell is wrong with you and how you came up with this amazing idea. Then you must win my other contest. I would. I would try so hard. I'd kill so many people with silver spheres. It'd be awesome. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Christmas ornaments of death. That's how I got Sam on this. I was like, it's a Christmas ornament. They actually made the spheres out of Christmas ornaments. That's pretty great. And she's like, just shut up and put on the movie, please. I was like, all right, good enough. <laughs> well... Time for me to do my second movie. I love it's it. It's from 2021. Mm-hmm. It's time we got to talk about Bruno. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, it's happening. Okay, all right. We've got to talk about Bruno. All right. It's Encanto. 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 I watched this on the 20th of February, 2022. Mm-hmm. It's an hour 42. Animation comedy family directed by Jared Bush, Byron Howard, and many more, apparently. Many. Many. Starring Stephanie Beatriz, Maria Cecilia Batero, and Jean Leguizamo. 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 He's Bruno. That's the uh, that's the sound John Leguizamo makes when he's a Pokemon. When he's a Pokemon. Yeah. Leguizamo. Leguizamo. IMDb movie summary. A Colombian teenage girl has to face the frustration of being the only member of her family without magical powers. Get effed, muggle. <laughs> Eat shit, kid. Ain't nobody want a muggle. <laughs> Up in this shit. <laughs> so I don't know what you know about this movie. This movie is a very interesting Disney movie. I know Sam has watched the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I have heard the soundtrack now. Okay. In full, which is very catchy. There's only one song I hated, which was the first one, which was like where you meet the family and it's mm-hmm. like a rap thing. I was like, this is weak. But everything else, top notch. Yeah. The music was very good. Basically, this family, it's pretty dark. This is like classic Disney shit. Sure. Where like the family is being run out of their their village, their home area, and the woman who's run out ends up being the grandmother character. And they are saved by a magical wish kind of thing. And they have this magical house. Mm-hmm. And when child reaches X age, a magical door will appear. They have a whole ceremony. Family is huge in this. Yeah. Everybody loves everybody. Everybody's soup. Everybody works together. They use their powers to help um, the village that of the people who escaped with them. That's cool. It's like this lineage. It's very cool. So the magical door will appear. You get a ceremony. And then you go through the door. You get your new room. You get a power. That's cool. One sister's super strong. The other one can make flowers appear. There's some odd powers. And I'm just like, how do they use them? And it's pretty cool. Mm. One can hear really far away. Hmm. So our main character, she gets her door and nothing happens. Hmm. She don't get shit. She's Deku. Yeah. So everybody's like, well, why don't we, why don't you get shit? Why didn't you, why you suck? And they're just like, you suck. Sorry. You kind of suck. And like, they don't want to. We didn't want to tell you this, but now that the door is told. Now that the door is told you, you kind of suck. But they still love her, but like, she doesn't do anything. Right. She doesn't have any powers. What are you doing? So it is basically the weirdest Disney movie in the sense that there's not truly a traditional villain. Okay. Which I love. Yeah. And it's more family versus their surroundings. Okay. The house is a character. Essentially, the house is awesome. Okay. The house moves. The house, like, you know, she'll 
go to walk down the stairs, it'll just turn into like a slide. Like, oh, that's fun. The house is a super like you, the house gets like starts cracking and you're like, oh, no, something's happening in the house. The house is going to fall apart. What's wrong with the magic? So that's the whole crux of the story. I like that. But other than like Bruno, who's just like he was outcasted years ago. Nobody's seen him. OK, is he our villain? Yeah. Not really. No, no, it's, no. It, no, no, no. So it's like it's a pretty cool story. I really enjoyed it. The music, of course, is great because Lee Manuel, whatever, did Lee Manuel Miranda. He did everything ever. Your he, boy from Hamilton. My boy. He's my boy. He's your boy. Also a musical fucking genius. He is kind of a genius. Yeah, he's great. I was surprised how dark the origin story was of just like her, them being drugged out of the place. The her husband, the grandmother's character, her husband gets. He basically sacrifices himself, right, selflessly, and that's what creates the magic. Her tear or whatever. That's like, cool. It's it's sad. There's dark no, and lovely. Dark and lovely. There's moments that'll make you tear up, but I just was very blown away by this because it's not a traditional. There's not a traditional big bad coming in to destroy like everything. That, yeah. And I was like, well, what exactly are we going for then? And right. I enjoyed the ride. Nice. IMDb gave this a seven point three. Okay. Rotten Tomato critics, one hundred and ninety six of them, ninety one percent. Nice. The audience. 2,500 plus Uh verified, 93%. Very cool. I gave this an 8.5. Damn. My wife gave it a 6.5. Whoa. My wife looked at me and said, you liked it that much? I go, I fucking loved it. Wow. (laughs) I thought the movie was great. Wow. I thought the movie was really good. That's awesome. I I love uh, Bruno when he shows up. It's Leguizamo. 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 Very cool. It's good. Definitely check it out. Very cool. He's the violator, you know. He is the violator. (laughs) He's the clown. He is. He is. You just get get by that fucking terrible rap in the beginning. Fair enough. You make it through the rap, you can make it through the film is what you're saying. Yeah, no. Get to the strong girl's rap. Her shit's great. Nice. All right. (laughs) Sam's like, yep. (laughs) 1984. 84. Gremlins. Oh, shit. Yeah, Sam's just letting me talk her into Christmas movies now. Holy hell. Watch this on December 19th, 2021. It's one hour and 46 minutes. It is comedy horror holiday. Comedy gold. Directed by the magnificent Joe Dante. Mm-hmm. Starring the Zach Galligan, the Phoebe Cates, the Dick Miller. We got the uh, Judge Reinhold in here as well, bringing Fuck things yeah. up. Yeah. Love a good Judge Reinhold. Got that Corey Feldman as well. That's right. Just to tie the room together if you need to tie the room together. <laughs> if it's 1984 and you got to tie the room together, call a Corey. That's right. Call that Feldman. <laughs> Your summary, a young man inadvertently breaks three rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolently mischievous monsters on a small town. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, this movie is so fucking good. Yeah. I love this movie. I think it is just the perfect blend of horror and comedy. Dante is so good, and he does this very well on his segment of the Twilight Zone movie, where he's so good at making, like, a real-life cartoon. Like, it feels grounded in reality, but then things get so bizarre and cartoonish, but he manages to make it, like, you buy it. Like, you're just like, yeah, whatever you're selling, Joe Dante, if it has to do with, like, real-life crazy, over-the-top, cartoonish, wild whatevers. I mean, Was he the gremlin on the plane? He was not. No, he was the one with the kid who has the powers. Oh, that one's terrifying. Yeah. That's, like, the most terrifying one. Yeah, the kid who has the powers, the crazy version where the cartoons come to life yeah, is yeah, Joe yeah. Dante, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, so good. No, John Lithgow on a plane, I believe, is Richard Donner. Still who does good. That segment. Still oh, very good. Amazing. Very good stuff. So good. So good. This movie, it really is so good at making fun of the Christmas tropes, mm-hmm. but then embracing, you know what I mean? At the end, you end up embracing the family aspect and the coming together of people. And you get traditional movie aspects in here. Christmas, it's not quite Die Hard where Christmas is a backdrop more than it is in the forefront, right. especially true in like A Lethal Weapon, where right. it's like you wanted to see how negative the character, how or how negative Martin Riggs is by dropping it in at Christmas was the only point of Christmas. Die Hard, I will argue, is a Christmas movie. Come at me. Yeah. But Gremlins does a great job, I think, of also being a Christmas movie. It's all kind of... It's got the same pressures, right? The dad's trying to... He doesn't have a lot of money because he's like not a great inventor, but he's trying to keep himself afloat and he wants to follow his dream, but he also wants to give his son something special for Christmas. So you get the mogwai and it's just so much fun. It just does such a good job of kind of like tearing every, tearing into everything. Dante even goes as far as to make fun of movies, right. blowing up the movie theater, or having them all watch Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And they're that just like, that movie theater scene is intense. So much puppetry in that. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, movies just so much fun you get the devastating phoebe kate's christmas story where her dad gets stuck in the chimney and dies oh my god that's like wild stuff it goes from like this like bleak to cartoonish it's over like it stays over the top and wild but you still find zach galligan's character and uh gizmo so like endearing like you're rooting for them the whole time it feels dangerous it feels like the gremlins are capable of terrible things like you really are like you think people die and then you find out oh they're not really dead they're just like tied up or they're beat up or whatever like you know what i mean it's like okay so it kind of is in good fun so he does that line of like dangerous but still like safe really well mm. it's so much fun dick miller can't say enough about dick miller is everybody in this pitch perfect across the board including That's- howie mandel yeah good old gizmo himself so good IMDb gives this a 7.3 out of 10. I thought that'd be higher. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes critics, 75 critics, 85%. That's about right. Yep. Audience, 250,000 plus verified Mogwai, 78%. Hmm. I am coming in, same exact score as the critics, 8.5 out of 10. Nice. Would you buy a Mogwai from that creepy clerk he just was so creepy with the eye yeah Yeah, no it's hard right yeah it's rough technically he buys it from the little kid because he's like we need money and the grandpa doesn't want to sell it so i'm just gonna sell it to you on the on the sly right that's true yeah but i won't buy it from that guy strange and mystical 